0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast. We are so honored that you would take a few minutes and you would join us, even if it's through an app on your phone right now. We're just honored that you would spend the time with us. And I want to encourage you, if you want to spend time with us in person, we would love to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. We would love to meet you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to serve you. So make plans to join us. But right now, I hope that you enjoy this message and we hope that it encourages you and it blesses you today. Hey, you guys, look at that. I can wave both hands because I have a hands-free mic. So I might do some like dance moves or something. I'm so excited. This is something that we've talked about doing for a while and um, it, it all kind of came up because I was listening to a podcast and I heard a statistic that said uh, like messages are 60% more valuable to the listener if there are hand gestures involved with them. So this might might be a 60% better message (laughs) because I can use both of my hands. So welcome back to week two of Seeds. I am so excited to be able to continue on in this series. um, I want to spend just a couple seconds recapping last week, because I know not everybody was here. Last week we started, and there was four main points that we talked about. Uh, The first is that seeds have potential, whether it's realized or not. Like, if I had an acorn in my hand, it's got the potential to be an oak tree, whether the acorn knows it or not. And the same is true in your lives. You have this potential. There's nothing that disqualifies you. There's no past, no decision, nothing that's happened to you that's going to disqualify you. You have potential, whether you know it or not. Seeds also require the right environment to reach their potential. This acorn, I pretend I had an acorn. I don't know where to get an acorn in January in Tennessee. So pretend I have an acorn. It, it, it can't become an oak tree if it, I hold it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's gotta be planted in the ground with the right environment. And the same is true in your life. You're not gonna be able to reach your potential that God has for you unless you are in the right environment. So that's why we keep driving home, get in a group, keep coming back. Those things are so important to put yourself in the environment to reach your potential. Also, seeds require time to reach their potential. An acorn doesn't turn into an oak tree overnight. It takes years and years and years. So coming to church one time, yeah, it can change your life, but your circumstances aren't going to change. You know, like the things going on inside of you aren't going to change. Going to work out one time isn't going to turn you into a bodybuilder. Having one date night with your spouse isn't going to fix a broken marriage like that. You just have to keep planting, keep watering, keep tilling, keep going and give it time. And the last thing was some seeds lay dormant while others flourish and grow. And so we're going to dig into this today because I think that is true because a lot of times um, it depends on where the seed is planted. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So if you missed last week, I highly recommend you going back and listening to the whole thing because it's a great message. I'm going to take the earrings out just because I'm going to get distracted or at least that earring. There we go. That's for me. That's my ADHD going, I can't hear the Um, And I hope that you guys got to dig into the study a little bit, because at the end of it, um, there was a a place where you could kind of dream, like write down some dreams, put some action steps to some dreams. Are there any natural dreamers in here? Like, that comes easily to you? Anybody? There's a few. Listen, that's so good for you guys, because that is not me. Like, I am not a natural dreamer. I'm somebody that's like, hey, give me your dream, and let's figure out how to make it work. If Clint were in here, he would say that I'm a dream squasher because I I see a bunch of flaws really easily. And, you know, not flaws, um, possible pitfalls. And so that's not my strength. So I really enjoyed being challenged to dream a little bit and to to think about what could be. So we're going to spend time today learning how to hear from God. So we know that there's seed in our heart but how, how did we hear what God is wanting to plant inside of us? So we're going to learn how to do that today. And listen, this is critical for you guys to learn because at some and probably very, very many points of your life, you're going to need to know what to do. Should I date this person? Should I say yes to this opportunity? Should I take this new job? Should I make this move? You need to have the answers, and you need to have the answers from the person that knows. Because if you're anything like me, like, I struggle making decisions. I don't know if y'all do Enneagram stuff, but if you do, I'm essentially, like, a six-wing six. Like, I am hardcore, like, I have this little committee in my mind that tells me all of the possibilities of all of the things that may or may not happen about every decision I might ever make. So even now as like a fully formed adult, I regularly find myself finding like an adultier adult to rely on (laughs) to help me make decisions. But that's why we have Jesus. That's why he speaks to us. He says, my sheep hear my voice. Like he is speaking. And so I I am thankful for that because he has answers that are a thousand times better than the adultier adult that I can find in my life. So before we jump into scripture, we have to acknowledge something. That just because God is speaking and just because we have ears doesn't necessarily mean that we can hear or that we're listening, right? So I know this because I have dogs. Do you guys have any dogs? Okay, let me tell you something. So we got this dog. Can you throw up? Look, look how cute, right? <sighs> Y'all, it was, just, it was July 2020. And like the rest of the world, in a global pandemic, in a shutdown, we were like, we should get a puppy. This is a good idea. And so we really didn't think it through like, at all. So this is Boomer. Boomer was a Catahoula Blue Heeler mix. And so I knew that he was going to be a working dog, a herding dog. Like I knew this about him. And so I did some research about like, well, how do you raise that kind of dog? And I was like, okay, so I'm gonna need to take him on a lot of walks. He's gonna need to be really like busy. This is gonna be good. We can do this. And he was so cute. He was so cute. But go to the next picture, what he turned into. Crazy! He was crazy. He was so much like Somebody was always screaming or bleeding in our house. Like, I'm not exaggerating because he, it's not, the the hurting instinct was so strong in him that he, couldn't do anything else. So like we would think that he would be passed out in the corner In the millisecond somebody thought about standing up to walk across the room, he would wake up and start biting their ankles. It's like, and so our kids got in the habit of walking across the, the couch because it stretched most of our living room. And so they would walk across the couch, but then Boomer got big enough that he could get on the couch. And so that didn't work anymore. And it was just constant stress and chaos. And I could have lost my voice screaming at Boomer to stop and it would not have mattered because he did not listen. He didn't listen. So honestly, we had to rehome Boomer. I called the Humane Society and I was like, I thought I knew what I was getting myself into. I did my research. I'm a responsible pet parent, but I can't do this anymore. Like we're miserable. And they said, yeah, that's a really bad fit. Bring him in. So he, he found another home. He is great. And then somehow we ended up with this guy, Scooby. So Scooby still lives with us. He's a sack of potatoes. Um, My brother was moving somewhere where he couldn't take a dog and asked me if I would take him. And so we were like, sure. Our kids loved him when when we would visit my brother and sister-in-law. So we were like, yeah, we'll take Scooby. And Scooby listens, y'all, like he listens really well. Honestly, like he knows out, he knows like get off, he knows stop, like he knows and he'll obey, he's great. And he listens so well that we, he sleeps in one of the kids' beds we actually had to change out our son's bed because he was jealous that Scooby couldn't get into his lofted bed and he wanted one on the floor so that the dog could sleep with him sometimes. So now Scooby will say, Scooby go to bed. And so he'll go to bed and he'll go jump on my bed first and he'll get my pillow all warm and furry because he sheds like crazy. And then he'll listen for us to say, Alexa, I'm going to bed for her to turn off the TV and the lights. And I'll hear him slink down off of my bed and open up one of the kids' rooms to go in there. So he listens so well that he tries to get away with stuff. But sometimes I walk in there and look at him. He's like, am I not supposed to be here? Am I not supposed to be here? So he he listens. He listens, and listen, it's fun to talk about crazy dogs and their ridiculousness, but the reality is that a lot of times people are the very same way. Like, we have ears, but we do not hear, especially don't hear what God is saying. So we're going to dive into a parable in Matthew chapter 13, and this is a really cool parable because it's kind of a meta-parable. It's a parable about how parables work. And Jesus talks a lot in parables, which are really just stories. And he does this because he knows we as humans, we don't like hearing hard things. (laughs) We don't like hearing things that are going to challenge us in our actions and our beliefs. And we would probably get offended and turn off, but if we hear a story, we're like, oh, okay. And then the truth comes and he's like, well, actually you're just like this person. You're like, oh man, okay. So Jesus taught a lot in parables. And this is going to tie together about seeds and hearing. So we're in Matthew chapter 13. It says that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such crowds gathered around him that he got into the boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. So he was using the water as amplification, which I think is super cool. Like old school, he didn't have this, you know, he had to use what he had. He, then he told them many things in parables. And if you read on in this chapter, it's just parable after parable, after parable, after parable. It is full of little nuggets that Jesus was dropping. But this was the very first thing he said, because he's going, hey, I'm about to tell you a lot of stuff. How are you going to receive it? He said many things in parables saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell among thorns, which grew up and choked out the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, 160 or 30 times what. Was sown. So in this scripture, Jesus is sharing about a farmer and God is the farmer. That's, that's who is representing the farmer. And then the seed is Jesus. The seed that God is scattering is the truth because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So the seed is Jesus, but this story also shows us that we have some skin in the game. We have some responsibility as to how the seed is is taken if it's taken on good soil. Uh, I love that it says there can be up to a hundredfold blessing. The Galilee at the time, they were happy if they had a 10 like a 10 times return on what was sown. So the fact that Jesus was telling them, "Hey, you could have 30, 60, even a hundred time like a hundredfold reward on what is sown into you." That was unheard of. And before we keep going, I want to clarify something. In the scripture, Jesus isn't asking us to compare our soils to somebody else. He's not saying like, hey, look at your soil. Is it good compared to that person? Like, you're not supposed to look inward and go like, I don't know if I've got soil that's ready for 10 seed or, well, it can't be 10 seed because I know it's better than that person's seed. So it's gotta be like 30. Like he's not asking us to compare our soils against one another and how we're doing. He's asking us, for evaluation, he wants to evaluate he wants us to evaluate the soil inside of us, uh, because he is so much more interested in the potential that's inside of us. So you can be listen, this is like my favorite thought. You can be as close to God this year as you want to be. It's up to you. You can have as good and rich a soil as you want to have. It's up to you. So how do we have good soil? How do we create a space for God to produce crops that are a hundredfold? Jesus lays it out in the very next verse. Verse nine says, whoever has ears, let them hear. So just because you have ears, doesn't mean that you can hear. Just because you listen, doesn't mean you know what God is saying. And just because you have the ability to have a hundredfold blessing, doesn't mean that you don't stop at 10. Jesus is always sowing seed, he's always talking, he's always speaking. So if you want a life where you can hear what God is saying, you can have it. It's just, it's up to you. Like there's no qualifications, there's no prerequisites, there's no special prayer to pray, it's up to you. It's all about your ears and your soil. So last week we talked and said that the people who are most fruitful are most focused on the seed and not the fruit. The fruit is a happy byproduct, right? The fruit is just like, oh, wow. But the people who have uh, the most fruit aren't focused on that, they're focused on the seed. But to take care of the seeds, you have to take care of the soil. If you want to take care of the seed and focus on the seed, you have to take care of the soil. And I love thinking back on times where I had to hear from God. Um, There's been a lot of times in those lives. I was just talking with people. Like, there have been times in our life where it's like, God, I need you to speak, and I need you to speak now, because there's big decisions that we have to make. And specifically, I think about whenever God called us to plant this church, And we knew that we were supposed to plant the church and we had kind of decided that it was gonna be Orlando because we like Disney. Legitimately, like that was our reason. We were like, we like Disney. Why not, if we're gonna move our family somewhere, why not move them somewhere where we want to live? Um, Tennessee was actually like the last place I would ever want to go. But I'm so happy that we continued taking steps and staying open to God because he changed our desires, and he, he spoke Middle Tennessee into our hearts, and I can't imagine not being here. I'm sure that there was 30, maybe even 60-fold blessing in Orlando, but I legitimately feel like I'm living in a hundred-fold blessing because I listened to God's voice. And so what we're going to talk about today is a lot of stuff that really helped us and has helped us over and over and over again. And it sounds simple, but it is a challenge sometimes. So... The first thing we have to do, the process of hearing from God is you have to believe that he does speak. You have to believe that he's speaking to you all of the time. All of the time we have to get over the lies that God is some mysterious being up in heaven that's so big we can't comprehend. That's true. Those aren't lies. Don't don't mishear me. That's true. There are a lot of things that we can't understand about God. But God wants to speak to us. He wants to give us direction. He wants to lead us where he wants us to go. But if you don't believe that he's always speaking, you're going to miss out. Even if something as simple as worship, like I'm standing there and I'm going like, I, I can hear God saying, move this out of the way. Like move your expectations out of the way. Move your desires out of the way. Move your fears out of the way. Make room for what I want to do. Like I can I hear God saying that in worship. But if I was standing there going, man, I Wish we sang hymns. Like I'm gonna miss hearing from God. Or like, gosh, my feet hurt, which they do hurt. But (laughs) like my feet hurt. I just wanna sit down. Like you're you're if you're not listening for God, you're going to miss. The voice of God. So that's, that's the very first thing we have to do is believe that he does speak. Number two is we have to predetermine that you're going to fully commit to what he says. And I feel like a lot of us in this room are probably like, well, of course I'm going to do what God says. If God speaks to me, yeah, I'm going to do it. But I don't think that's the case. And I know that because I've gone out to eat. And that sounds silly, but how many of y'all struggle with choosing a place to go out to eat? Does anybody Listen, listen, Clint just walked in. He's gonna amen this. I am the worst. It's me, I'm the problem. (laughs) Like I am the problem because Clint will say, where do you wanna go eat? And I'll go, oh, I don't care. Wherever sounds great. And he'll go, okay, how about Italian food? Ah, no, I don't really want, I don't think I want Italian food. Okay, well, how about we go get burgers? Mm, No, I don't think so. Okay. What about Mexican food? Nah, no, that is we had that last week, which isn't true. I'll always say yes to Mexican food, but just for the sake of this, but you hear what I'm saying? Like I told Clint, I'll go wherever, but there were all of these things inside of me that I was ready to say no to. And the same is true for God. Like God's going to go, Hey, go talk to this person. Oh, I'll do anything but that God. I don't want to talk to them or say this, do this, oh, anything but that, God. Like we have these things that stop us from actually saying yes to what God is going to speak to us. So we have to predetermine that we're going to do what he says. The next step is to filter it through the word. So if God's spoken to you, you're like, I'm gonna say yes, then it's time to filter it through the word. And this is critical because we live in an age where there is a lot of opinions and very little truth. But God's word doesn't change. God's word is truth. And God is never going to tell you to do something that is against his word. He won't do it. So if you, even if if Clint or I say, God said this, if it's not in the word, God isn't telling you that. Like what God tells you to do is always going to align with his word then this is part of filtering it through the word. You've got to discuss it with trusted voices. And by trusted voices, I mean voices who are also in the word. They are regularly diving into the word, regularly hearing from God, and they can help you kind of filter it through the word together. Like who do you have in your life that can do that? And I'm going to say it again. If you aren't, get in a group. If you're tired of hearing us say that, get used to it because we're never going to stop. Groups are a great place for this because you're regularly digging into the word during the week and then you're coming together and talking about what God is teaching you. And that's a safe place to have these conversations of like, I don't really know what God is saying. Like, can you help me through this? And it's just such a great place. So once you believe that God is that he does speak, you've committed to doing what he's told you to do, you're filtering it through the word, you're talking to trusted voices, then it's time to just start taking steps. It's time to start taking steps and to remain open to God. It's time to start taking steps. And this is important, especially if you're like me and you struggle making decisions and you're looking for the adult to your adult. Like it's time to just decide, this is what God has said to do, I'm going to do it. And to trust that God's big enough to course correct you God's big enough to to redirect you and kind of shift you this way or that. And he's big enough that just because you feel like something went wrong before doesn't mean it will again. Like just because you've made a decision that you feel like was the wrong one, it didn't end the way you wanted it to be. It doesn't mean that it's gonna happen again. It doesn't mean that that was a mistake. Like God is big enough to go, nope, this way. So you have to just keep taking steps and remaining open because God's word is a lamp. It's not a floodlight. God's word is a lamp to our feet. I wish it was a floodlight sometimes. Sometimes I wish it was a floodlight, but then other times, like I think whenever God dropped Tennessee in our heart, I think if I had seen the next three years, I'd be like, no thanks, I'm out. (laughs) and I would have walked away. So I'm so thankful that it is a lamp to our feet. He doesn't give you everything all at once because we can't handle it. We just can't, okay? So now that we know the process, of hearing from God, how do we prepare the soil of our hearts to receive the seed that God is going to be speaking to us? How do we get it to a place where we are ready to receive the seed that's going to give 30, 60, 100 fold blessings? First, we have to admit and overcome our biases. Everybody in this room has biases. It's, uh, it's just accepted. Like, you might think you don't, but you do. A bias comes from a way you were raised, a place you were raised, an experience you had, somebody who hurt you, a word spoken over you, a word spoken into you. It becomes a part of who you are. And a lot of times, it really does affect what happens in church. Like, if you were told growing up, don't trust the church, all they want's your money. Like, even if you've gotten over that, there's still something inside of you that there's a distrust there. There's a distrust of the church. And that means that every word that you hear, you are naturally distrusting. Or maybe you heard that women are supposed to stay quiet in church. Maybe you grew up hearing that, and you, you might say that you're over that, but every word I'm saying, isn't received because the soil of your heart is hardened because of the bias that you grew up with. We have to overcome these biases because they make a difference in our ability to hear from God. So Cambridge Dictionary says a cognitive bias is the way a particular person understands events, facts, and people based on their particular sets of beliefs and experiences that may not be reasonable or accurate. They might not even be reasonable or accurate. And I think it's important to remember that we have biases because our world is smaller than ever. Everything that comes through this thing is channeled to fit your natural bias. That's what algorithms do. Algorithms give you what you want to see. We live in a world that's just going to keep feeding us this, and we have to get over it. Because when we come to God, we bring our church hurt, we bring the leaders who have hurt us, we bring what those people have said about us, and that hardens the soil in our hearts. There's things that you believe that are keeping you from being able to hear God and make good decisions. And the people who have a hundredfold fruit and a hundredfold blessing in their lives are people who have overcome their biases and the fears that come along with them. And one of the things that we're gonna fear is the thought of losing something. Like if I let go of this, I'm going to lose that. But you never lose with God. You don't lose with God. Maybe you're afraid to like lose a pastime that you love that God has kind of been hinting at. Maybe it's not the best one. Or you, uh, there's a habit that you've developed that you're not really ready to put aside so that you can spend more time with God. you're not actually losing with God. Because if it's something you need to take out of your life, God's going to replace it with fresh soil that's ready to hear from him. And another fear alongside the fear of losing something is the fear of disapproval. Like, if I really hear from God, and God tells me to do something, what are they going to think about it? Like, ooh, that feels kind of radical. Like, what are they going to do? I don't want somebody to think I'm weird. I don't want culture to be like, no, that's not it. But it, if you're going to grow, you have to be able to hear the voice of God and to do what he says. And sometimes our soil has to change completely. Like, I don't know. <laughs> we were at um, a church called Milestone in Texas and they have been doing a very long building project. And um, what the pastor was talking about, he was like, I saw them picking up dirt and bringing it away. And then, and then they brought more dirt back and just and put it there. I don't understand, but it's because that wasn't, the soil that was there that was not the soil that needed to be there. So all of the soil got picked up and put away, right? It just got picked up and put away and fresh soil got brought in. And sometimes that has to happen to us and I'm so grateful that God makes us new creations. When we say yes to him, the old is gone, the new has come. We're a new creation and sometimes it just takes us saying, yes. Like, making Jesus the Lord of your life, because you can accept God, you can, you can go to heaven without ever really hearing God's voice and stepping with him day by day by day. I lived that life. I lived that life for a decade of like, you know, I prayed a prayer, I was going to heaven I I checked all of the boxes, but like, I wasn't hearing from God. I wasn't seeing God moving because my soil was just hard. It was hard. And once I moved moved away and moved a bunch of soil on my life, so many biases and preconceived ideas and hurts and habits. Once I moved all of those and God put new soil in my life, I could see the change. I could hear God's voice. And sometimes it just takes us submitting to God and saying, yes, Lord. Because like, think about the disciples. The disciples didn't get an exhaustive list of everything. Like when Jesus said, come follow me, it wasn't like, here is what you're going to do. Make sure you just read it over, make sure everything's okay, sign it at the bottom. No, it was just come and follow me. And if they said, but Jesus, what if, follow me? But what if they follow me? How are we going to follow me? That's what God is saying to us, okay? So we have to get past our biases. We have to get past our biases. The second thing, we've got to do to create a healthy environment for a hundredfold seed is to evaluate our busyness. Because if I ask anybody in here today, how are you doing? Chances are good you're going to go, I'm busy, man. I'm busy, I'm tired. I just saw, I just saw um, an email on a, a sheet that said, overworked mom. And I was like, amen, I feel that. That was somebody's email address, overworkedmom at gmail.com. And I was like, I feel that, I feel that. But listen to this activity does not equal productivity. Just because you are being active doesn't mean that any fruit is actually producing. So many of us work so hard to hang on to our tenfold fruit that we are too busy for God to put a hundredfold fruit in our lives. If we're just walking around trying to get all of this done with our hands tight, God can't put, look at that, I couldn't do that if I had a a microphone. Um, I could, but um, if, we're, if we're moving around all crazy, how is God going to deposit seed in our life if we're not just still? There's something about disconnecting from the world to hear from God. Because how, how are you going to hear from God if you're going, man, they said that? She did that? Woo! she wore that? They posted that? Oh my gosh, that makes me so. Gosh, I just wish I could hear from God. He's just not talking to me. Ooh, but they said this. How are we supposed to hear from God if we are so busy and constantly moving that we don't stop and connect with Him? God is speaking, He's always speaking, but we have to stop ourselves long enough to be able to receive the seed that He wants to plant in our life. And the third way, the last way that we prepare the soil is that we have to believe that God is working even when we don't see it. We have to believe that God is working even when we don't see it. We keep studying, we keep praying, we keep asking, we keep seeking, we keep knocking, trusting that God is working. We keep tilling the soil, we keep getting it ready, we keep believing, we keep hearing, we keep going. Because so many times we regularly underestimate the power of God's word. We regularly underestimate the the ability of Jesus to speak straight to us. And listen, this is how seeds work. When you plant a seed in the ground, it has to go down first. It's doing so much work under the ground before it even pops up. That's how seeds work. Um, Look Look at this picture of an acorn too. I told you I, could, I couldn't find an acorn. I don't know how to find an acorn in January right now. But did you know, I didn't learn this, so I write like articles on the side just to make some extra money. And I'm writing one right now about um, storing seeds long-term. And I had never thought about it before, but inside every seed is essentially an embryonic plant. There's everything that needs to, like there's a, an itty bitty baby oak tree inside of this right now. Each seed is full of life. It's full of life. Every word that God speaks is full of life. And Emerson said, the creation of a thousand forests is in one acorn. Because one acorn gets planted, it grows into an oak tree that drops all of these other acorns and they grow into oak trees. And this is an aside, but I need you guys to know that the the words and the seeds that God plants into your life is going to have a ripple effect. It will. There will be generational bondage broken. There will be families restored. There will be life given and impacts made that go way beyond you and the word that God has given you. So that's an aside. but. Seeds are really special and they're made perfectly. Because if you think about it, they have to be soft enough to like break apart and and germinate, right? But they have to be hard enough to not be broken down. Like they have to be sturdy enough. They are perfect. Seeds are perfect. And so God is speaking and he's planting these perfect seeds. But the question is, do you have ears to hear? Do you have the soil ready to receive it? Isaiah 55:11 says, my word that goes out from my mouth, this is God speaking, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. If you're looking at your garden and you're going, I've really messed this up, it's burned to a crisp. Like, I've burned my family to a crisp. I've burned my life to a crisp. I've burned my options to a crisp. How do you fix it? You have to start with the soil. You have to start digging up the soil, digging up the hurts and the biases and everything that is hardening that soil. You've got to create a fresh, new soil with God because if you can get the soil right, the seed will work. God's word will work. Work. It's made perfectly. It doesn't return void. The soil is right, the seed will work. We've seen God restore marriages. We've seen God do miracles. We've seen God provide incredible things. But it all has to do with the soil of our hearts and our receptivity to hearing God's voice. So I want you guys to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm gonna talk to two different groups of people real quick. The first is there might be people in here who are, are trying to till this soil, but they don't even have the seed that's going to be planted in it yet. They don't even have, they don't have Jesus with them yet. And you, you don't have to get your soil right before Jesus can be a part of it. He can meet you right here, right now. And all you have to do is just ask him. You can just say, Jesus, right now where I'm at, take my life. I give it to you. I believe that you died for me, that you rose again and that you cleanse me. God, take my life because you can do a lot more with it than I can, in Jesus' name, amen. And guys, if you do that, let us know because we want to help you till that soil. We wanna help you till the soil. And there's another group of people in here that you've got Jesus inside of you, but you're struggling to hear him and you desire this growth, you desire this closeness with Jesus, but you feel like you're not hearing him. You've got these things that are hardening your soil. And I wanna pray for you guys. Uh, God, whatever we've made greater than you, our hurts, our differences, the words spoken over us, our biases, all of these things, God, I pray that you start moving them out of us that Holy Spirit, you shine a light on them so that we can know and we can start the work of digging it out. And God, I pray that you, because you are so good, I pray that you replace that with fresh soil, with fresh soil that is ready to hear from you. I pray that you give us ears to hear. And listen, I don't wanna leave here today without starting to put into practice what we're talking about. This space, the Holy Spirit's here, He is working. I know it. I'm confident that some of you guys have even heard from God already. But I want to spend the next few minutes being quiet with God. And listen, this is not your time to check out. It's not your time to check out. This is a time to tune in. So don't focus on things. I want you to open up your heart to what God wants you to hear and listen and listen we all hear god in a different way and maybe it might help you guys to know like how i hear god i when i know that i'm hearing from god it's um, a scripture that's brought up into my heart that speaks to something that i'm asking god about or it's a, a it's my voice but i hear it speaking life I don't speak life to myself. I naturally tear myself down. So when there is a word spoken into my spirit that is life-giving, I know that that is God talking to me. So that's that's how I hear God. I don't, you're going to hear God in a different way, but I wanna take some time and just be quiet. What word is God speaking over you right now? Maybe what scripture is being brought up? What step do you need to take? Who do you need to talk to? What does God have to say about the decision that you're making? What truth does God want to replace a lie? What have you believed for too long that God has truth to put in its place? perfect perfect seed of your word and of Jesus, that you are so gracious to give us, God. Thank you that you aren't some big mysterious guy up in the sky that just lets us flounder around on earth. Thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for each one of us. God, I pray that you help us continue to till the soil of our lives. Take out the biases, Help us stop and to slow down. And God, give us faith to believe that you are working under the surface. God, it says that we shouldn't despise despise small beginnings. Your word says that you love to see the work get started. And God, I believe that you've started works in hearts today, God. I pray that those seeds that have been planted will grow to yield a harvest that's 30, 60, 100 times fold what you have planted today. God, I pray blessing over every person in this room. I pray that they uh, encounter you in a unique way this week where they can see your hand in their life that you are working on their behalf. God, I pray that you give us ears to hear you and soil that is ready to receive the seed that you have for us. In your name we pray. Amen.